0: sing hallelujah to the lord fall find out to sing together sing hallelujah to the lord sing hallelujah to the lord to the lord sing hallelujah sing hallelujah Sing hallelujah to the Lord. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is risen from the dead. From the dead. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen. Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is living in his church. Jesus is living in his church. In his church, Jesus is living. Jesus is living. Jesus is living in his church. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth and earth. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord of heaven and earth. He's coming back to claim his own. He's coming back to claim his own. His own, he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming back to claim his own. Sing hallelujah to the Lord, sing hallelujah to the Lord, to the Lord, sing hallelujah. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah to the Lord, to the Lord, to the Lord. Good
1: morning, church. This morning's scripture reading will be taken from the book of Mark, verses 3 through 9. Once again, that's the book of Mark, verses 3 through 9. Excuse me, chapter 4, verses 3 through 9. Once again, that's the book of Mark, chapter 4, verses 3 through 9. The word of God reads, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make his paths straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And there went out unto him of, of the land of Judah and they of Jerusalem and were they all baptized of him in the river of Jordan confessing their sins. Verse number six. And John was clothed with camel's hair, and with a girdle of skin around his about his waist. His, excuse me, about his lions. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me. The latch, latches of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Verse number eight. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. And it came to pass in those days that Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee, excuse me, that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized of John and Jordan but, Lord, have a blessing to the readers, the hearers, and doers of his holy
2: word. Amen. Amen. Let us bow and go to our Heavenly Father and pray. Our Father and our God, which are in heaven, Heavenly Father, we come with our head bowed to the earth with thanksgiving in our heart, thanking you for so many blessings you have blessed us with. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for waking us up this morning with a reasonable portion of our help and our strength and closing our right mind. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for giving us this privilege to assemble together and in which you in spirit and in truth. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the prayers that you have answered in the past, and we just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue answering them in the future. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for providing us with food, clothes, shelter, transportation, and financial means. Most of all, Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, your grace, your Son, and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who freely left his home in glory, came to earth, lived, died, and was buried, and rose again on the third day according to the Scripture. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the blood that he shed, that he purchased the church that we are member of. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word, which is our guideline from earth to glory. We thank thee, Heavenly Father, for the one that is present. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that had the desire to be here, but for some day, for some reason, wasn't able to be pray, Heavenly Father, for every church door open and every person proclaiming your word this morning, Heavenly Father. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the churches that are having difficulty at this time. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will bless them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of according to your will. And we say a special prayer for the members here at Inglewood Church of Christ and their families and friends. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will continue watching over us and keeping us safe from any hurt, harm, or danger. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for the ones that's traveling. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll get to and from their destination safe without any hurt, harm, or danger coming to them. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the sick and the shut-in all over the world. We just pray, Heavenly Father, that you would look down on them, and bless them with the thing, Heavenly Father, you know they stand in need of according to your will. We say a special prayer for the bereaved family all over the world, especially ones that lost loved ones behind the shooting. We just pray, Heavenly Father, you will comfort and strengthen those families in the way that only you know how. Heavenly Father, when we think, say, or do anything contrary to your word, we pray, Heavenly Father, you will forgive us and won't hold it against us at the judgment bar. We pray, Heavenly Father, for the one that's walking in darkness. We just pray, Heavenly Father, they'll see the light and come to the light before it's ever too late. We also pray, Heavenly Father, for our delinquished members. We pray, Heavenly Father, they'll come back and repent before it's ever too late. We also pray, Heavenly Father, that Your will will be done here on earth, as it is done in heaven. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that we will continue loving each other more and more each day. And We pray, Heavenly Father, that we will be a better Christian today than we were yesterday. And we say a special prayer for Brother Cole Pepper. He come deliver us the bread of life. We pray, Heavenly Father, we will listen towards. We will listen towards eternity. Because they will be eternal matters he will be delivering unto us. And not only listeners and hearers of your word, Heavenly Father, but also doers of your word. Well, we, and Heavenly Father, what we learned today, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll go and teach and tell others what they must do to be saved. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that this witch service will be done decent and in order. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that it will be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. And Heavenly Father, when we done come to the end of our journey, said our last prayer and taken our last breath, we just pray, Heavenly Father, we'll hear those wonderful words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in, get your mansion, your robe, and your crown. All these blessings we ask in your son and our Savior Jesus Christ's name. Amen.
0: I'm going to ask you to place your markers at pages 904 for the song of invitation. Pages 904 for the song of invitation, and for our next song selection, let us know pages 674. I have decided to follow Jesus. Once again, pages 674. If all find that us sing together. <clears throat> I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. The world behind me, the cross before me. The world behind me, the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, I know turning back, I know turning back. Don't none go with me, I still will follow. Don't none go with me, I still will follow. No, none go with me, I still will follow. No turning back, no turning back. Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? Will you decide now to follow Jesus? No turning back.
3: the church say amen again Uh, we have decided to follow Jesus Uh, Jesus said at one time putting your hand to the plow and not looking back but keeping going forward Uh, we've decided to follow Jesus if we let our hands go from the plow then we are not fit for the kingdom and so we've decided to follow Jesus and there is no turning back it is good to be here this morning God has certainly been good to us Uh, He didn't have to allow us to wake up out of our beds of slumber, but he did. Uh, He didn't have to give us the strength that are in our bones, but he did. Uh, He certainly didn't have to provide for us the health that we have, but he did. And I'm so glad that we have uh, decided to come out to this place and to lift up our voices in praises to God, to give him the adoration of praise, which he is certainly due uh, for all that he continues to do for us. I want to call your attention very quickly to the book of Mark. I really appreciate the brethren who have come before us thus far and have want, rendered such a wonderful worship service unto the Lord. Uh, certainly appreciative of you lifting up your voices in the song service and making the song service what it should be. Uh, this is about presenting spiritual sacrifices uh, unto the Lord. And, uh, and we have certainly done uh, ju- just that. Uh, we are now in the part of our worship services where we preach the word, where Paul says be instant in season and out of season, Uh, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Uh, For the time will come where they shall not endure sound doctrine, but they they shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. Paul exhorted Timothy that he needed to make sure uh, that no no matter what happens, that he preaches the word. Uh, For the Bible makes it very clear that it is the word that shall not return unto him void. It will accomplish that for which he has purposed it. So this is the moment in our worship services where we uh, begin to expound upon God's word in the hope uh, that as you are listening to God's word that you will gain the wisdom uh, that is necessary for you to change your life. And all of us are at different points in our lives, amen. Uh, But nevertheless, we realize that... uh, uh, even though we are at different points in our life, uh, the Word of God is always relevant to each of us to help us grow from wherever point we are. And so we are truly thankful that, for that. I think Mark chapter 4 helps us to understand that even more explicitly uh, as we, we, we look at the uh, the interaction uh, that Jesus uh, has uh, with God uh, 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 in the story of the unfolding of the sower uh, and the seed. Uh, that seed that is planted is so important, it is so critical, uh, that when that seed is planted, uh, we, we know that it is supposed to accomplish some things. And So when we look at Mark chapter 4, and we uh, take a look at verse number 3, and we'll look at 3 through 9, uh, we see that there is a, an importance of this seed being sown. Now the seed is the word of God. So as we, we hear that seed hear about this seed being sown, we know that there is a purpose for it. There is something that needs to be accomplished. Now why is it that this, is, uh, uh, this text, this particular text is relevant to our theme that addresses the, the spiritual constructs of the ark, the temple, the tabernacle, the church, uh, which all are uh, 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 interwoven throughout the covenant of God. Knowing that each and every generation, each and every dispensation uh, is not without guidance from God. Uh, God has always had uh, uh, his word there before man in order that they may know which way they ought to go. And We've been speaking even uh, beginning in the book of Genesis with uh, uh, Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, even with Noah especially. Uh, And now we're in the part of Genesis where we're dealing with Abraham. Last time we spoke, we started talking about how Abraham was called by God to come out of earth, to come out of the place of idolatry, those things which were a hindrance unto him and uh, uh, and God's people, who would eventually be identified as the Hebrews. We looked in Genesis, and uh, we looked at Genesis 14, and we recognized that Abraham was first identified as Hebrew. Uh, and so we even talked about the book of Hebrews, and we looked at uh, the various texts that talks about how our high priest, that is Christ, uh, uh, coming into uh, the, the realization of the temple and being, if you will, of Christ, we ought to be followers of him by faith, which Abraham is considered to be the father of faith. Here in Mark chapter 4, we find ourselves, if you are one who believes in the red writings, which is uh, mostly attributed, if you will, to Christ. We find Jesus Christ, Jesus, if you will, speaking to us about the significance of faith. That that is what the foundation of the seed of the uh, of our faith is. It is the seed which is the word of God. Now, Mark four and verse number three says, "Hearken," says, "Listen, hearken." Behold, there went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. And verse number 6 says, but when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And verse number 8 says, and other fell on good ground and, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100. And finally, verse number 9 in our scripture reading ends with, and he said unto them, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus gives us this recount of a parable inspiring Mark to write. The Holy Spirit wants us to know something about this parable of the seed. Now, Jesus gives the interpretation of it. He talks about who the sower is and why it's so significant, because if you drop down uh, to verse number 15, he said, The sower soweth the word. John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth sanctification deals with the idea of setting apart and so the sower went forth to sow the word so that he may set those who would believe the word who would have faith in the word apart from something and we need to know what that something is and that something is the world to set them apart from the world and these are they by the uh, uh, are they by verse number 15 by the wayside where the word is sown but When they have heard, Satan cometh. Boy, Satan is always busy, isn't he? Satan cometh immediately. Now notice what he says. Satan cometh immediately. You see, Satan's always on his job. When one hears the word of God, the influences of Satan that remains in the world is always ready to destroy that seed. Because he knows if he lets the seed alone too long, it'll be nurtured. That seed would be nurtured to the extent where it would grow up, and, and, and if it grows up and, and he leaves it alone long enough, it could become strong. and Then it would be almost impossible for him to uproot it. But nevertheless, he says, Satan comes immediately. As Brother uh, Arnold read in, uh, in Mark, uh, I was asking for Mark 4, but he actually read one of the other component parts where Satan comes to challenge Jesus. But with that being said, we find ourselves here knowing that the word of God can be taken away by the influences of Satan, taking away the word that was sown in their hearts. Verse number 16 says, and these are they likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But verse number 17 says, and they have no root in themselves, and so endure for but a uh, but for time, for a time, afterward, when affliction and persecution arises, the words uh, for the word's sake, immediately they are, are often or are offended. And verse number eighteen says, "And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of their uh, of things entering in choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. But then we have those who are sown on good ground, who've allowed the word to become part of their spiritual hearts. And when we talk about spiritual hearts, we know we're talking about the heart that is in between our ears, not the one that lies within our chest. But it says that the cares, if you will, in verse number 20, and these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it, And bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold and sixty and a hundredfold. These are the ones that have received the word of God. And they have decided to allow the word of God to shape and to mold their lives. So I want to talk about this morning an interesting idea which is faith without ignorance. Faith without ignorance Desiring to learn more about what it is that God has in store for them and what God has designed for them in order for their life to change. And by understanding what that is, that individual then allows the word of God to shape and to mold their lives in such a way that one day when the Lord comes back, their life can be found acceptable, some would say as a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, Paul would say to the church at Rome. but it is a faith without ignorance, and the faith without ignorance has context, and it's important that we understand that that context simply is it is it, when one does not have the Word of God to inform how they need to evolve to become that living sacrifice, then anything that is short of that is done in ignorance. It is an uninformed belief system. The information that God has presented to us comes through his word. And his word is meant to inform us, to instruct us, to guide us. And not only inform us, instruct us, and guide us, but it is to shape us and to mold us that we can, if you will, become that which is acceptable unto God. And Paul says himself, brethren, I would not have you to be ignorant, but to understand what the will of the Lord is. The faith that God desires for us to have is an informed faith. A faith that does not have the information that's necessary is an ignorant faith. It is that faith that sets us apart. Why is the Church of Christ's faith so unique? Why is it so special? Because it is a faith that is informed by God's word. And that faith that informs us is that faith that sets us apart. It is that faith that separates us from the world. It's not a blind faith. It's not an emotionally driven faith of great zeal with no understanding. It is an informed faith, one that is guided by the principles of the covenant, that, that covenant that binds together the issues of, of the uh, or the manifestation of the of the ark, of the temple, of the tabernacle, and the church itself. It is that informed faith that sets us apart. When 1 Peter 3:15 is written by Peter, Peter makes it very clear. He says, but sanctify. And in that interesting word there, sanctify. It is the same word that gives us the idea of being separate. It is to give us the, the concept when we sanctify, when we set something apart, it is to set it apart from something that is not acceptable to God. God is not accepting the behaviors of the word. He accepts those things which are in agreement with him. And so he says, these are the things that set." us apart now let, let me be very clear here if I can when we look at the idea going back to the book of Genesis and one of the one of the earlier uh, introductions of the uh, Satan being disruptive in the life of man is between uh, uh, Cain and Abel it wasn't that Cain uh, it, Cain did the opposite. Cain decided to, if you will, to give that which he desired to, un, unto God, as opposed to what uh, God had, if you will, commanded to be done. And so, when such a thing has had occurred, we find ourselves then with with, with the with the, um, uh, the, the 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 challenge of knowing that everybody. the same issues different times of our lives when we all have them Amen. all have fallen short of the glory of God Amen. what sets us apart as Christians what sets us apart of, as Christians is not our humanity what sets us apart as Christians is our belief Amen. our faith in Jesus Christ Amen. in Hebrews chapter 11 one of the things that Paul that through the Holy Spirit writes unto the church the Hebrews in verse number four, he says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It said nothing about Abel being more superhuman than, than Cain or being much better than Cain in terms of his humanity. It was a decision that he, would, he made. Abraham was presented a decision. God didn't force Abraham to leave Earth, God gave him direction. And by faith, the Bible says, Abraham sought a city whose builder, that which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Abraham made a choice. And let me tell you something, that same choice is before every human being. Amen. To decide whether or not they're going to follow after God. Amen. To take up his word and allow his word to become the seed that is planted in their spiritual heart. That they may bring forth. The thirty, the sixty, and the hundredfold, and and that idea being uh, being uh, uh, given in the in the analogy of a farmer bringing forth crops, but the the, the meaning of that thirty. Of the text. Does one mature? Is one maturing because they're allowing the word of God to change their lives, to separate them from the world? Amen. And to prepare them to become acceptable unto God. So by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts. And by it, he being dead, Yet, speak it. Look at the blessing. Amen. The blessing is it wasn't, it wasn't that uh, uh, Abel was somehow, if you will, in his humanity better than Cain in some kind of way. No, it was because uh, Abel decided to follow after God's word. And even in his death, look at, the, look at the power of God, of God's blessing upon those who are faithful. Amen. Even in his death, God says, even in his death. His actions, the life that he lived, the faith that he demonstrated and manifested by offering unto God a more excellent sacrifice, still speaketh even though he is dead. Surely, the psalmist, and in many ways the proverb writer, hits the nail on the head when he says, bless it in the sight of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. When one has committed themselves to following after God and and obedient unto God, deciding to separate themselves from the world, if you will, as as 1 John uh, 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 2.15 would help us to understand when he says love not the world, neither the things that are in the world for all being set apart for the glory of God. The challenges of life are many, and they are varied, but nevertheless, we still need to focus on how do we become acceptable unto the Lord, and the only way we can become acceptable unto Lord, we have to sanctify the Lord God in our heart. Being ready to give an answer to every man that asks of us the reason of the hope that's within us with meekness and fear. When God gave testimony concerning Abel's offering, Abel's uh, 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 sacrifice unto Him, Amen. He was giving. He was letting uh, uh, Cain know. Even when Cain uh, came before God and His continents had fallen and, and God said to him look it's not about how much Abel you may have thought Abel was better than you do you know not Cain Cain killed his brother Abel before the wrong reason yeah. was it because Cain was so much better than him he became he, he became envious of, 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 of Abel because God I, I accepted Abel's offering Abel's sacrifice it had nothing to do with Abel in and of himself and God says to Cain, Why is your confidence falling? If you had done well, would you not have also been accepted? You see, sometimes you're too focused on the wrong thing Amen. instead of the right thing. Amen. Everybody can choose to serve God, and then God will find you just acceptable as anything else. Amen. The challenge is, is the devil has you focused on the wrong thing. You remember, when it came uh, to the devil tempting Christ, he had him focused on the wrong thing. Had him to look at the things that were of the world as opposed to those things which were of God. When he took him in the wilderness and tempted him, I talked about that last time, the difference between uh, temptation and and, and seduction or being seduced. But when he took him in the wilderness to tempt him, notice what he said. He said he took him into the wilderness and he was tempted in the wilderness. In other words, he the, the things that the devil put before him, if you will, if he had if he had chosen to go that direction, it would have become a seduction because a seduction sedu- to be seduced is to evolve to the point where you are now in agreement with the seducer. But all The question is not whether or not the temptation, the temptation will always be there. Amen. Amen. The opportunity to do wrong will forever be in front of you. It is the decision you make. That is all the difference. How do you, how do you address the, 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 the the moment how do you how do you how do you deal with the moment when that 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 uh, that temptation is before you what is it that you have in your life that gives you the strength to restrain yourself and to keep yourself from falling into the seduction because the devil's going to try to seduce you he 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 he, he tried to seduce christ you can rest assured he's going to try to seduce you but the Lord has given us the power to overcome. James says, and also Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians, but James says also. James says, resist the devil. And he'll sure that the Holy Spirit was letting us know that, that, that as a Christian, as a child of God, when you are grounded in the word, you have been given the strength to resist the devil. Amen. We don't even know our own strength. He said, resist the devil. He, he didn't say there's any question about it. He said, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Why do you think the devil spends, has spent his time confusing, if you will, and, and perverting the word of God? Even from the beginning. Look, he couldn't touch Eve directly, he couldn't touch Adam directly. What he had to do was he had to confuse God's word and let their will be distorted. So he seduced Eve, he beguiled her. Seen the tree every day had now grown and now become that which is, had consumed her as the Bible says that she looked upon it and she saw that it was good for food. Was it not the same way every other day when she had passed it? Amen. But when the devil comes, he seduces you. He entices you. And if you stay there with him long enough If you listen to him long enough and you're not strong enough, I'm going to say it again. If you listen to him long enough and you're not strong enough, you're going to fall to his temptation. In Ephesians chapter 6, they're called scandalons, the traps, the wiles of the devil. You're going to fall to them because if you're not strong enough to resist him, amen, God says, look, when not only are you to resist the devil and he'll flee from you, but you're also not to give him place. Don't give the devil place. Look, if you feel like you're going to succumb to him, don't even talk to him. Don't even give him time. Devil, let me talk to you. No, I ain't got time. Let To keep on moving. Even Jesus himself understood the, 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 uh, uh, the, the potential influence of Satan because he was very clear that the devil only leaves for a season, but he comes back. You see, the devil doesn't stop giving up. He just gives you more time, but he's going to come back. And he always arrives when he thinks you're weak, your weakest, and he comes upon you. Notice that Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, it was when he began to be hungry. When the devil thought that he had an inroad, that he was able, if you will, to, 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 to come in and to then, uh, if you will, uh, 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 tempt Jesus. And in that temptation, he believed that Jesus was weak enough that it is a temptation Jesus would forget somehow his faith and commitment to God and bow down and worship him. But Jesus shows us that the strength of the word of God is powerful enough to resist the devil. Jesus says, when the devil says to him, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And then Jesus comes back with something that should become the mantra of every Christian. Man shall not live but by by bread alone. But by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Don't give him place. You know, after the devil finished doing all that he could to try to get Christ's temptation to to, 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 to morph into seduction. We find that the devil had to get up and the devil had to leave him. But look at the blessing. Look at the blessing. See, so you're going to have to fight the devil. Y'all must have just get it in your mind already. Amen. That you're going to have to fight the devil. I mean, you're just going to have to fight him. And when I say fight him, I'm not talking about him individually. I'm talking about the influences that he has left behind in this world that has led people to sin. You're going to have to And if you don't have the the the, the word of God within you, you it, that has set you apart, you're going to succumb to those weaknesses. So you just need to get your mind around the fact that temptation is in the world Amen. and that it'll ever be for before you. But it's not about the fact whether or not you will be tempted. The question is, how do you handle it when it comes? That being said, we find ourselves then with with with, with when. When the temptation comes, we need to see the example of Christ because, look, when the the devil, if you will, concluded with his uh, way of trying to tempt tempt Christ to succumb to the seduction, what we find is the seducing that when it was over, we find that God sent his ministering angels to Christ. I, I, I love that. Because it lets us see that. God was still Looking. And God is still there to support. And God is still there to help. But he's looking to see what you do. He's looking to see how you handle your struggles of life. And when those struggles of life come, how do you work through them? How do you go through them? Do you set yourself apart by saying, you know, I don't know why I'm going through this challenge of life in this particular moment, but I know that God is with me, and, if, and since God is with me, I know I can get through this. Amen. Jesus knew that the Father was with him. And he was saved. He was allowed to resist Satan. You do realize just like anybody else Amen. but he didn't he no sin no guile was found in his mouth Satan could not get Jesus to disobey God and so he was able to uh, conquer him he was able to bruise his head and Satan would bruise the heel of Christ because Christ. Uh, 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 made, a sh- made a show of him openly he conquered Satan's influences and by his conquering of Satan's influences he's able now to secure us in our times of our weaknesses we can always turn to the Lord and receive the strength that we need from the Lord and by receiving that strength that we, that we, uh, that we need from the Lord we are then saved by grace not of ourselves Amen. but it is a gift of God Amen. faith without ignorance understands that our strength doesn't come from us, our strength comes from the Lord. Amen. We do all that we can do, but we know God is able to do all.
2: Amen.
3: And so we remain faithful unto him. And, 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 so, and, and so we, we, we uh, when Jesus says, to, when, when, when Satan says, I'll give thee all the kingdoms of the world if you just bow down and worship me. And Jesus says uh, that, 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 that he needed to get, him, get thee hence, he says that, that God is the only one that we will serve. We find ourselves challenged with this idea of ignorance. And ignorance is about not gaining the wisdom, not being wise, about the choices that we make in this world. You can't afford to be frivolous when it comes to your soul's journey. Because you only have one. And the Bible says, if you die in your sin, where He is, you cannot come. You know, contrary to those who want to believe in reincarnation, you die one thing, you come back another. That's not true. If you die in your sin, where He is, you cannot come. Judgment is at the doorstep. In Ephesians five and verse number seventeen, we find Paul writing to the church at Ephesus. And for those of you who may not be uh, familiar with the the, the the biblical text in Ephesians, we know that Paul is writing to the to, to the When we talk about the epistles that are written specifically to the church, uh, to the church, is we're talking about those epistles that are primarily giving the church guidance, the people of God, the children of God, the saints, the Christians, the guidance that they need. In Ephesus, they were they were they were floundering. They were they were they were uh, uh, vacillating between the world. To the church, and Paul was making a very clear distinction uh, between the two. And so, when he looks, when we look at Ephesians five and seventeen, Paul says to them, he says, "Look, wherefore be not be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We have to get to that. Faith without ignorance is about desiring to have an understanding of what God's will is." Not our own will, but what God's will is. When the apostles went around the world preaching the gospel, in the book of the Acts of the Apostolos, the practices of the Apostolos, we call it the book of Acts. When we look at the book of Acts, we find, of the apostles as he is engaging with those who are in the church or members of the church and those who would become members of the church the body of Christ the church of Christ he would say to them if you will in Acts 17 and 30 and the times of this ignorant God winked at God winked at ignorance at one time but ignorance is not going to be an excuse anymore Is reiterated for the sake of emphasis here. When we look at Acts chapter seventeen and thirty, and we compare, we 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 use as a as a as a reference text John sixteen, and and, and what Jesus says that he the Holy Spirit will die. For Is 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 is, uh, is uh, removed by understanding the truth of God's word, and that truth is given to the apostles. He is the one question that we were posed that we posed yesterday. When it comes to knowing the truth, when it comes to understanding the gospel, when it comes to understanding what the will of God is, why is it that people turn to everything else but the word? of If I want to know something about religion, if I want to know something about the church, if I want to know how to be a Christian, a child of God, why is it that I don't turn to those who know all truth? As opposed to picking up somebody's commentary. We need to walk to God, we need to go to God's word and we need to walk through it. Because God doesn't want you to be ignorant. And the apostles are the ones who have been given all truth. And so if I want to know something about the church, I'm going to turn to the apostles. What did the apostles say about the church? Amen. Because they are the ones who have all truth. So in Acts 17 and 30 says, at the, at the, at the times of this ignorance, God winked at it, but now command all men everywhere to, retent, to repent. But he he hath he pointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. By that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. We know that he speaks about Christ. Our life in Christ Jesus solidifies our opportunity to be saved. Because we are striving for what one was imputed righteousness. It was added to him because God said he would guide his family in his word. So righteousness was imputed unto Abraham. Faithfulness. We need to find we need to find our journey that connects to God. And we need to let that Connection to God, be informed by His Word. And being informed by His Word, we know that then uh, our lives will change into that which God desires and not based on what we want. But what God desires. And when I say what we want, I mean our subjective way of thinking that God is going to accept whatever it is that we present to Him. In Acts 3 and verse number 17. We find another scripture that deals with this, this issue of defining what ignorance is and, and, and the importance of us to, to weed out this ignorance in our life. The Bible says in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 3 uh, and verse number 17, as a matter of fact, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm going to go up a little bit. I'll have a, a little bit of time in, uh, in verse, uh, Acts chapter 3 and, and verse number 13. Luke records, he says here, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And his name through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance ye did it as did also your rulers. When we do things that are contrary to the word of God, It is because we are uninformed. It is ignorant. It is because we are uninformed about God's word. I truly believe that that, that there are a lot of people who desire to be good, want to be good, but they cannot be good because they're uninformed about God's word. You are doing it ignorantly, and you are uninformed. Even Paul says that he persecuted the church, and he did it in ignorance because he was uninformed. But thank be to God, the Bible shows us that Paul changed his life, and Paul calls himself the chief of sinners. And if the chief of sinners can change his life, I know we got a chance. We do things in ignorance because we don't do it being informed of God's word. And that's when Satan steps in. Because if you're ignorant of God's word, Satan has a big castle to step into when you're ignorant of God's word. He's already going to tempt you. But when you're ignorant of God's word, boy, you're on the losing end already. In 2 Corinthians 2, in verse number 11, Paul writes to the church of Corinth, and he talks about Satan's uh, 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 tactics, if you will, his strategies to destroy us, to destroy the children of God. He doesn't necessarily have to worry about those that are in the world, because those that are in the world are already in a position to be cast out. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 11, they were challenged with the idea of forgiveness. They didn't, they didn't So you putting yourself in a very bad position. Just imagine if God says, I'm not going to forgive you. Where, where would we be? Amen. Forgiveness is about to forgive all, not to forgive e. And so he says to us, he says, look, when, 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 when you don't understand that, when you don't embrace the totality, Because the forgiveness is about you, it's not about forgive, each, it's about to forgive all. Right. But in this text, we find here, if you will, in Second Corinthians 2 and 11, he says, Look, and I'm starting verse number 10 To whom ye forgive anything, I forgive also. For if I forgave anything to whom I forgave it, for your sakes forgave I it in the person of Christ, lest Satan, lest Satan. To get an advantage of us. For we are not ignorant. Of his devices. When you don't know how Satan works. He'll take you down. He'll take you down. He'll take you down. Ignorance is dangerous. Not knowing Satan. would even remotely give you an indication that God is. Satan wants you to doubt that. That's why we have atheists in the world. Those who don't even want to believe that there is a God. And then there are those who think they're going to play both sides of the fence. Oh, I'm not an atheist, I'm an agnostic. I just don't believe that you can prove that God is. But I'm not saying that he isn't. I'm just saying you can't prove that he is. So I'm going to try to stay on the fence and see whether or not what happens in the end. Well, guess what? Whether you're an atheist or an agnostic, neither one of those are going to make heaven your home. Amen. An agnostic is somebody that the Revelator said is somebody who's lukewarm. Either you're going to be a Christian or you're not. Amen. If you're an agnostic, you're somebody who's trying to straddle the fence, and God The point that I'm making here is when it comes to God's word, you cannot be ignorant of Satan's devices. And Satan's devices is to keep you, if you will, ignorant of the will of the Lord. Look at the challenge here. Satan has gotten to the Satan's influences that are left in the world. Have caused people to believe that they can can actually uh, uh, save themselves. Without even having God in their lives. There are
2: belief systems that say that everybody is going to make it to heaven. And there is no hell. There, there are those religious belief systems out
3: there. And people are binding to those belief systems and, and, and it makes them feel comfortable. It's like a warm blanket. But let me tell you something. I got a warmer blanket for you, and it's called hell. God is real. you something i i i was i'll be in ephesians 4 and 18 in a minute but let me show you something in james chapter 2 about the devil and james if you will uh helps us to understand how satan's uh, you know you can't call satan a hypocrite because satan's alive from the beginning i mean what are you gonna do with that but look what he says there are people who don't want to believe in God. There are people who don't want to believe that God created the earth. There are people who don't want to believe that God created man. They want to believe in the theory of evolution. It, isn't that interesting? You would rather believe in a theory rather than the facts. I'll leave that alone for some other time. But but we we have this in, in James chapter two. What do we find here? We find uh, uh, the the challenge of in, individuals being challenged with faith. They 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 are. Wrestling with um, obedience and how obedience and faith uh, uh, coupled together, if you will, is is is, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, is able uh, to save our souls. They're challenged with it, and 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 many of them, if you will, struggle so much with it that they don't understand that everything that we do manifests the. Holy sacrifice that God will eventually save if he finds it worthy. And so in Ephesians, rather, James chapter 2, and I'm going to drop down, if you will, uh, to verse number um, 16. I don't have time to read all of this, but we'll, we'll see how far we get. In James chapter 2, and verse number 16, the text says, And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace. Be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things, which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? What does it profit a man when one has resources to give and they say, well, I'm not going to give it to you. I want you to go and be filled. In other words, faith has its limitations in that if when you have the resources to provide for someone, you don't tell someone to go off and have faith. You have that which God has blessed you with and somebody's in need, give it to them. Provide it for them. That is the obedient part. Verse number 17. Even so faith, if it have not works, is dead being alone. If you have the ability to fulfill someone's need, don't run them off and say go have faith. Fulfill their need. So don't don't misconstrue or pervert the concept of faith. Faith is not wishful thinking. Verse number 18. Yea, a man may say that, say, Thou hast faith and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, and here we are, thou doest well. He said, The devils also believe and tremble. Now, pause there for one thing to bring this in, because I was talking about Satan and the idea of adultery. But he's teaching you that there is no God. Now you tell me the height of hypocrisy. The devil knows that God is real. Somebody kicked him out of heaven. Amen. But the devil doesn't want you to believe in God. Oh, I'm an atheist. And the devil sitting back looking like, this. <laughs> yeah, you wait till the end of this life is over. You're going to see that God is real. But the devil doesn't care about that. He tempts and he beguiles, he seduces, and he causes you that are in the world to succumb to his trickery, his lies. Instead of you separating yourself from the world and setting yourself apart to become faithful unto God, you're still waddling around in the wickedness of Satan. And Satan is happy because of that, because souls are being lost. Let me go on further. And he says, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou, oh, wilt thou know, O oh vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works, when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? See, seest thou uh, how faith wrought with works, and by works was made uh, faith was a uh, faith made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. And he was called the friend of God. You see then how? That by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. We have doctrines in the world today that say you're saved by faith alone. Faith alone. You you don't have to be baptized. Just have faith in God. Just believe that God is in your heart, according to the wrong heart, but it don't matter to say he don't care. Just believe, just accept God in your heart, it's gonna be alright. All it is about your faith. You don't have to change your life. It's just about your faith. Well, James says that's a lie. Faith without works is dead being alone even the devil knows that but the world is caught up in themselves and instead of yielding themselves to God in Ephesians 4 and 18 Paul writes again he writes uh, he continues his writings to the church and he he makes a, a a point concerning this matter of understanding and clarifying the importance of understanding God's word understanding his will Someone says, why does the Church of Christ preach book, chapter, and verse? Why do we we go through the Bible? Why do we point out scriptures so that you can see what God has given us and not what man just has said? It's about what God has said. That's what changes our lives. In Ephesians 4, in verse number 18, uh, and I'm just going to, I'm going to go up for a little bit verse, uh, uh, let's say, let, 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 let's start at verse number 16 for the sake of a little bit of a connection here. In Ephesians 4 and 16, the Bible says, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working and the measure of every plant maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. You see, when you separate yourself from the world, your walk becomes different. Your walk becomes different. Amen. Now, notice something here. It doesn't mean that you become more superhuman than somebody else. Your walk becomes different. And that walk is being, the reason why your walk becomes different is because your faith is now different. Your faith is not in the issues of the world. Your faith is in God. And so your walk becomes different. And he says, so we walk not as other Gentiles walk. He says, in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. When you choose not to separate yourself from the world by Receiving God's word, not desiring to be ignorant anymore, but getting to the point where you understand what the will of the Lord is. When you make that step towards understanding the will of of, of the Lord, that's when Satan jumps in and tries to block you. That's when Satan jumps in and tries to steal the seed from your heart. He doesn't want you to make that step toward God. And you know what? Know something here. When we come together in worship, don't think that just the Christians are here. Don't think that ju- uh, 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 just God and the Christians are here. Know something for a fact: when we come together with the Lord in worship, you know who else is present in here? Amen. Satan's influences. Amen. Amen. And you know where those Satan influences lie? Within your heart, because. When he that comes to God must believe that he is repenting of your sins Luke 13 3 and 5 Acts uh, 2 and verse uh, 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 37 we go through all Especially when it's hell I will give up that which is temporary for that which is eternal as long as it's heaven's glory we are challenged with that we bring into our worship all the carnal things of our heart and those carnal things of our heart have been planted there by the influences of the world that have been in, that have been injected into The devil
2: is real.
3: And he's waiting on judgment just like everybody else will be waiting on judgment. He's real. He's the first murderer. He's the first liar. He tried to seduce Christ. He has ministering angels, workers of his. The devil is real. And the only thing that's going to set us apart from his wickedness that is in the world is our desire to be with Christ. Amen. Faith without ignorance is about that moving forward in our lives where, where we, 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 don't let, we, don't, we don't let ourselves be blind any longer. But we open up our eyes so that we can see. And there's a song that we used to sing, I once was blind. But now I see. And now you know where that text comes from. Because when you're when you're when you're letting the world continue to block the word of God from your heart, you remain spiritually blind. Spiritually blind. And that's the way the devil wants us to be. Let me let me let me let me hurry here. Uh, we talk about becoming holy. And the way we become holy. is by giving up that which is of our carnal mind and to accept that which is of our spiritual mind. And Peter says in 1 Peter 1 and verse number 14, he helps us to understand what the process is. How do we we become holy? Surely, he says, be ye holy, that is Christ, for I am holy. God wants us to set him apart in our heart, and our So that we may serve him as Christ demonstrated when he was being tempted of Satan. He recognized that we will be tempted, but just because we're being tempted, it doesn't mean that we have to succumb to the temptation. We can resist the devil. We cannot give him place. We can defeat him. And when you know that, the devil knows you have all the strength that you need. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 14, I'm done here. I, I, there's much more we'll talk about next time. But 1 Peter 1 in chapter number 14, Peter says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts, not fashioning yourselves according to the form of lust. That means that everyone who, 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 who comes into the world and is exposed to the wickedness and the sin that is in the world. And I want to be very clear here. We're not born in sin. Amen. That's not how the Bible teaches. Amen. We don't come that are in the world that the devil has left behind those influences if they're embraced those things are what causes us to become sinful and when we become sinful that is when our souls become jeopardized and so we need to repent ask God to forgive us so that he can allow the blood of Christ to cleanse us from all of our past sins Peter would go on in first Peter 1 he says look As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust In your ignorance. So what does that tell you, Brother Culpepper? All of us came to the Lord ignorant. In Romans 3 and 23, when he says, All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Nobody in here has anything to boast about We all came here ignorant. It wasn't until the word of God was preached and we heard it and the different go right back into the world he goes on and says but not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance verse number 15 but as he which has called you is holy so be ye holy in all manner of conversation and this word conversation means here behavior because it is written be ye holy For I am holy. God wants you to be saved. And he wants you to be saved. And the only way you can be saved is by obeying the gospel, obeying the truth. And that's why we give you book, chapter, and verse. And that's why we give you the teachings of the apostles and the prophets from Genesis to Revelation. That is why we give you the text. And so we say, oh, you know, that, that church of Christ, they always proof texting. No, we are proving the text. And Paul told the Thessalonian church, he says, look, prove all things. Hold fast to that which is good. I show you the church in the text because that is the only thing that can save you. It is proof that God is. When he says, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you can read that in the text for yourself. And you say you believe in the Bible, you believe in the Holy Spirit. Well, this is what the Holy Spirit has said. So the question is whether or not you're willing to obey what, the, what God has said or whether you're willing to continue to reject what God has said. So Peter closes with us and he says in 1 Peter 1 and 22, he says, Seeing ye have purified your souls in doing what? Obeying the truth. Faith without works is dead, being alone. But, Brother Copeland, I believe in God. I believe in God. When if you believe in God, why are you not doing the things that he says? God said, be baptized for the remission of your sins. You said you believe in God, right? You believe in God. He said, be baptized for the remission of your sins. Well, why are you not being baptized for the remission of your sins? If you believe in God, then why are you not doing what he says? Why call us me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? He said, We are purifying our souls by the obedient, by being obeying the truth. And, and the Bible says in John 17, 17, Sanctify themselves through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Paul says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly divided and handling the right the word of truth. When you're studying the word of God, you're studying the truth. And when you hear the truth, you need to obey the truth. He said, That's how you purify your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit. Unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently. In verse 23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. And look what he tells you. By the word of God. By the word of God. Which liveth and abideth forever. You see, the one thing about the word of God and Abraham helps us, and we'll talk more about Abraham, but I want to give you a more comprehensive look this morning. But when we call April, when we go back and we see Abraham being called out of earth, don't, 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 the, don't miss the comparison between Abraham's uh, uh, obedience and our obedience, because see, Abraham was the father of faith. Galatians chapter 3 says that he was the father of faith. Amen. Amen. And so when Abraham is called and he's called out of earth, he's called by God. God says, Abraham, uh, if you will, obeyed God. He believed in God and he moved and he looked for a city that had foundations who build it and make it his God. Well, just like God called Abraham out of Ur, guess what? God is calling you by the gospel out of the world. Amen. And when we look at Matthew 16 and 18 and we see he says, if you will, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. When you look at the idea of the word church, he, he's letting you know that the church is based on the called out ones. You are called out of the
2: world. You are the called
3: out ones. The church was very specific, it wasn't in general, it wasn't any belief system. It was those that believed the word of God. And then when they were called out ones, they were called out of their world. They were called into the church. Paul said they were called by the gospel. And when we're called by the gospel, God expects for you to obey. Right now, you've been given the word of God. You've been given the gospel. Amen. The question is whether or not you're going to obey it. Amen. Are you going to live in ignorance? You can live in ignorance. Amen. But there are repercussions Amen. for living in ignorance. Amen. Even in our secular world, we understand the concept. Amen. Amen. Even in the secular world, you hear it all the time. Ignorance of the law is no excuse. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, 5 and 10, for we all must stand before the judgment ball of God, and we have to give an account of the things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or evil. Ignorance is not going to help you. God says, my word was there. My word was there. There would be even those who would try to even challenge God and say, well, you know, somebody, uh, I, I've never heard your word. Nobody preached the word uh, to me. And see, so you, think, you think you're going to outsmart God and say, since nobody ever preached it to me, i never heard your word. Therefore, you're still obligated to save me. And God's going to say, did you see the sun come up? Amen. Did you see the sun come up? Amen. of the will of God for it is in God that we live and that we move and that we have our very being. every morning you woke up is a testimony that God is because you didn't have to wake up this morning there are a lot of folk didn't wake up this morning and I don't even care if you put your alarm clock on your iPhone Your iPhone, there are a lot of iPhones that are ringing this morning, and nobody's answering them. Nobody's pushing the snooze button. Because it's not your iPhone that wakes you up in the morning. It's God allowing you to put your foot on the floor. You see, we have to remember, you're not going to outsmart God. Ignorance of God's word is not going to be an excuse. And surely if you hear this one, you've heard the word of God. And now it's time for you to make a choice. Abraham had to make a choice. Abel had to make a choice. Cain had to make a choice. Adam had to make a choice. Eve had to make a choice. You have to make a choice. Are you going to stop being ignorant of God's word? Or are you going to embrace what God's word says? And so Romans 10 and 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Hebrews 11 and 6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. If he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And I'm so glad that God is not slack concerning his promises and some men count slackness. But wishing none to perish, he wants all of us to come to repentance. He wants you to repent. He wants you to acknowledge that you've fallen short of the glory of God. And guess what? Don't be ashamed of that because all of us do. But we changed our lives. And look, this could, be, this could be the last time.
2: Amen. We don't
3: know if God is going to allow you to live the next moment. Amen. I'm not trying to put fear into your, into, into your hearts or causing anxiety. But let me tell you something. These are just factual things. People have died in worship. Amen. So you don't know where death is. All you have is right now. Amen. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the time of salvation. I wouldn't wait any moment longer to obey the gospel. We confess Jesus Christ to be the son of God just like the Ethiopian eunuch did. When Philip preached unto him going down to the water and grave of baptism. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached that first gospel sermon, they heard that what he God says do. We put you in the water. We put you in the water. But it's by one spirit that we've been all been baptized into one body. And it is God that adds to the church. You don't get up here with no testimony that you saw some light and some angel came and whispered in your ear. No, you say, I believe what has been taught. And I'm asking God to forgive me of my sins, and I and I want to be baptized for the remission of my sins. Amen. Amen. And that is the beginning of
2: your faith. Amen. We put you in the water. And it is God to catch
3: you to the church.
0: I pray that you come. I pray that you
4: come right now. You stand seeing the invitation song. Why
0: don't you come? 904.
3: 904. Have you been to Jesus for a cleansing Are you washed in the blood of
0: Walking daily by the Savior's side, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? (coughs) Do you rest each moment in the crucified fire, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord.
4: Amen. Sister Settle. Okay, Sister Settle, we'll be praying for you, for you and your mom. Also, I have a card from uh, Sister Crumsley. Crumsley she desires desire prayer. Please pray for my friend, Jeannie, and her daughter, Dean. She is very sick. Sister Crumsley. From Sister Wiggins, I, I want to thank God for